Sri Sai Sacharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, A Modern Rendering. Chapter 24 Bhaktas Accept Baba's Ridicule. To say that we shall state such and such in this or the next chapter is a sort of egoism. Unless we surrender our ego, to the feet of our Sadguru, we will not succeed in our undertaking. If we become egoless, then our success is assured. By worshipping Baba, we attain aims both worldly and spiritual, become fixed in our true nature, and attain peace and happiness. Therefore, those who want to gain their welfare should respectfully hear Baba's leelas or stories and meditate on them. If they do this, they will easily attain the aim of their life and get bliss. Generally, everyone likes wit and humor, but they don't like jokes when they are at their own expense. Baba's method was peculiar. When accompanied with good gestures, it was interesting and instructive, and people did not mind being held up to ridicule. Hamad Pant gives his own instance below. The Lesson of Eating Alone In Shirdi, the bazaar was held every Sunday. People from the neighboring villages came, erected booths and stalls on the street, and sold their wares and commodities. Every noon, the masjid was more or less crowded, but on Sunday, it was crowded to suffocation. On one such Sunday, Ahmad Pat sat in front of Baba, shampooing his legs and muttering God's name. Shama was on Baba's left, Vamana Rao to his right, Bapu Saheb Bhuti and Kaka Saheb and others were also present. Then Chama laughed and said to Ahmad Pant, See, some grains have stuck to the sleeves of your coat. So saying, he touched the sleeve and found that there were some grains. Ahmad Pant straightened his left forearm to see what the matter was, when to the surprise of all, some grains of gram came rolling down and were picked up by the people who were sitting there. This incident furnished the subject matter for a joke. Everybody present began to wonder and said something as to how the grains found their way into the sleeve of the coat and became lodged there. Hamad Pant also could not guess how they found their way there. When no one could give a satisfactory explanation in this matter, and everyone was wondering about this mystery, Baba said, this fellow has a bad habit of eating alone. Today is a bizarre day, and he was here chewing grams. I know his habit, and these grams are proof of it. What is there to wonder about in this matter? Hamad Pont said, Baba, I never eat alone. Why do you thrust this bad habit on me? I didn't go to the bazaar today, so how could I buy grams, and how could I eat them if I had not bought them? <laughs> 
I never eat anything unless I share it with others present near me. Baba said, It is true that you give to persons who are present, but if none are nearby, what could you do? But do you remember me before eating? Am I not always with you? Do you offer me anything before you eat? Always offer to the Guru and our defects will disappear. Let us mark and note carefully what Baba has taught us by this incident. He has advised us that Baba should be remembered first before the senses, mind, and intellect enjoy their objects. If this is done, it is a way of offering it to him. The senses can never remain without their objects. But if those objects are first offered to the Guru, the attachment for them will naturally vanish. In this way, all the vrittis, the thoughts of desire, anger, greed, etc., should first be offered and directed to the Guru. And if this practice is followed, the Lord will help you in eradicating all the vrittis. When, before enjoyment of the objects, you think that Baba is close by, the question whether the object is fit to be enjoyed or not will at once arise. Then the object that is not fit to be enjoyed will be shunned, and in this way our bad habits or vices will disappear and our character will improve. Then love for the Guru will grow and pure knowledge will sprout up. When this knowledge grows, the bondage of body consciousness will snap, and our intellect will be merged in pure consciousness. Then we shall get bliss and contentment. There is no difference between Guru and God. He who sees any difference in them sees God nowhere. So leaving aside all ideas of difference, we should regard the Guru and God as one. And if we serve our Guru as stated above, God will certainly be pleased. And purifying our minds, he will give us self-realization. To put the matter in a nutshell, we should not enjoy any object with our senses without first remembering our Guru. When the mind is trained in this way, we will always be reminded of Baba, and our meditation on Baba will grow quickly. The form of Baba will always be before our eyes, and then devotion, non-attachment, and liberation will all be ours. When Baba's form is fixed before our mental vision in this way, we forget hunger, thirst, and this worldly existence. The consciousness of worldly pleasures will disappear, and our mind shall attain peace and happiness. Always share your food. When the above story was narrated, Amadpant was reminded of a similar story of Sudama which illustrates the same principle. 
it is given here. Sri Krishna and his elder brother, Balarama, were living with a fellow student named Sudama in the ashram of their guru, Sandapani. Once Krishna and Balarama were sent to the forest to get fuel, Sandapandi's wife had sent Sudama to the forest with a quantity of grams for the three to eat. When Krishna met Sudama in the forest, he said to him, Dada, I want water as I am thirsty. Sudama replied, No water should be drunk on an empty stomach, so it is better to wait a while. He did not say that he had grams with him and did not offer them to him. As Krishna was tired, he lay down for a rest on Sudama's lap and was snoring. When Krishna was asleep, Sudama took out the grams and began to eat. Then Krishna suddenly asked, Dada, what are you eating? What is that sound? Sudama replied, What is there to eat? I am shivering with cold and my teeth are chattering. I can't even repeat the Vishnu Sahasranama distinctly. Hearing this, the omniscient Krishna said, I just dreamed I saw a man eating things of another, and when asked about this, he said, What dust should he eat? Meaning that he had nothing to eat. The other man said, Let it be so. Dada, this is only a dream. I know that you wouldn't eat anything without me. Under the influence of the dream, I asked what you were eating. If Sudama had known even a little of the omniscient Sri Krishna and his leelas, he would not have acted as he did. For this reason, he had to suffer for what he did. Though he was a friend of Sri Krishna, he had to pass his later life in utter poverty. But when he later offered Krishna a handful of parched rice, earned by his wife with her own labor, Krishna was pleased and gave him a golden city to enjoy. This story should be remembered by those who have the habit of eating things alone without sharing them with others. The Shruti also emphasizes this lesson and asks us to offer things first to God and then enjoy them after he leaves them. Baba also taught us the same lesson in his humorous and inimitable way. Baba uses his humor to pacify a quarrel. Ahmad Pant now describes another witty incident in which Baba played the role of a peacemaker. There was one devotee named Mr. Anna Chinchanakar. He was simple, rough, and straightforward. He cared for no one, always spoke plainly, and carried all dealings in cash. Though he looked outwardly harsh and uncompromising, he was good-natured and guileless, so Baba loved him. One noon, like others serving Baba in their own way, Anna was standing shampooing the left arm of Baba, which rested on the railing. On the right side, an old widow named Mavsibai, who Baba called Mother, was serving Baba in her own way. Mavsibai was an elderly woman of pure heart. 
She clasped the fingers of both her hands round the trunk of Baba and was at the same time kneading Baba's abdomen. She did this so forcibly that Baba's back on the abdomen became flat and Baba moved from side to side. Anna on the other side was steady, but Mopsibai's face moved up and down with her strokes. Once it happened that her face came very close to Anna's, being of a witty disposition, she remarked, Oh, this Anna, this lewd fellow, he wants to kiss me. Even being so old with gray hair, he feels no shame in kissing me. These words enraged Anna, and he pulled up his sleeves and said, You say I am an old bad fellow. Am I a fool? It is you that have picked a quarrel with me. All the people present were enjoying the encounter between them. Baba, who loved both of them equally and wanted to pacify them, managed the affair very skillfully. Lovingly, he cried, Oh, Anna, why are you unnecessarily raising this hue and cry? I do not understand what harm or impropriety is there when the mother is kissed. Hearing these words of Baba, everyone laughed merrily and enjoyed Baba's wit to the heart's content. Baba allows bhaktas to serve in their own way. Baba allowed his devotees to serve him in their own way and did not like anyone interfering in this. To cite an instance, on another occasion, Mopsibai was kneading Baba's abdomen. Seeing the fury and force she used, all the other devotees felt very nervous and anxious. They said, Oh, Mother, be more considerate and moderate, otherwise you will break Baba's arteries and nerves. At this, Baba at once got up from his seat, dashed his satka on the ground. He became enraged, and his eyes became red like a live charcoal. None dared to stand before or face Baba. Then he took hold of one end of the satka with both hands and pressed it in the hollow of his abdomen, fixed the other end to the post, and began to press his abdomen against it. The satka, which was about two or three feet in length, seemed to go completely into his abdomen, and the people feared it would be ruptured. The post was fixed and immovable, and Baba moved closer and closer to it and clasped the post firmly. Every moment the rupture was expected. They were all dismayed and stood dumbstruck with wonder and fear and did not know what to do. Baba suffered this ordeal for the sake of his bhakta. The other devotees only wanted to give a hint to Mabsibai to be moderate in her service and not cause any trouble or pain to Baba. This they did with good intention, but Baba did not accept even this. They were surprised to see that their well-intentioned effort had resulted in this catastrophe. They could do nothing but wait and see. Fortunately, Baba's rage soon cooled down. He left the sadka and resumed his seat. From this time onward, the devotees took the lesson that they should not meddle with anybody but allow him to serve Baba as he chooses, as Baba was capable to gauge the merits and worth of the service rendered to him.
Pranams to Sri Sai. Peace be to all. You've been listening to a modern rendering of Hamad Pant's The Sri Sai Satcharitra, The Wonderful Life and Teachings of Shirdi Sai Baba, edited and narrated by Monica Penaconda. For more content like this online, please go to divinelineage.org, saifamily.org, and peacefires.org. To learn more about Monica, please go to monicapenaconda.org.